0: Hi, this is James Conner, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: The challenges that he went through in college and coming into the league, man, he has like unstoppable heart. Gives to Conner
0: up the middle, he's got a crease at the 35 of the 40, stiff arms, breaks a tackle at the 50, near side 45, 40, shoves the defender to the ground.
1: I know what I'm capable of, I know what I bring to the table. I'm going to
0: get to another pro, but I'm going to continue to score touchdowns, I'm going to do all of that and bring this mindset to a team.
1: The mentality to me is kind of what sets him apart. I start waking them boys up, D, do what you do. Wolf and Luke, talk
0: Cardinals, all right final hour of the show here on thursday heading into the first thursday night football game of the season cardinals of course get the chiefs on sunday here's hollywood brown who had a lot of success against the chiefs actually when he was with the ravens last year wolf they're a great group
1: i mean but you know i feel like for us our main focus is ourselves uh take care of business and just you know perfect our craft and you know lay it out there on sunday
2: Yeah, you know, when you think about it, the Baltimore Ravens, they actually beat the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do very, very well is just out physical other teams. That's what the Baltimore Ravens do. And this is what I think the Arizona Cardinals have got to do as well. they got to be the more physical team against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how you beat them. You bludgeon them it's yeah do you have to score of course you've got to score points if you want to beat the chiefs but the way you do it you have to go in possess the ball run the ball bludgeon them because they're not good at stopping the run keep that offense over on the sideline I think the best chance the
0: Arizona Cardinals have is controlling the line of scrimmage you mentioned uh, Hollywood last year against the Chiefs. Week two, Ravens beat the Chiefs 36-35. Six catches, 10 targets, 113 yards, and a touchdown for Hollywood Brown. So he was a pretty big part of it. He had a 42-yard uh, play in that one. He had some big plays last year. He had a 49-yarder, a 43-yarder against the Colts. That 49-yarder was against the Broncos. I mean, it's... It's the opposite of what you just said they need to do, like a longer run-the-ball-sustained yeah, drive, but, 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 but you have but, him. Yeah,
2: I love the way you just said that, though, Luke, because you, you're proving my point. So much of the time, the Baltimore Ravens would attack the line of scrimmage by running the ball and being very, very physical. And then, boom, there goes Hollywood right down, and you use play action to throw the ball down the field. That's why so many big plays happened with Hollywood Brown, even though Lamar Jackson is not a good deep ball thrower. He's not. I'm not saying he can't do it. He can, obviously, but he's not great at the deep ball. You know who is Kyler Murray?
0: He's pretty good. Kyler pretty Murray's good really, ball. really good. He's actually one of the very best in the NFL. One of the, of the, the very best
2: balls. in the NFL. Analytically, you look at it, you will see it. He's one of the best in the NFL at throwing the deep ball. This is one of the reasons why. Again, attack the line of scrimmage. Attack the line of scrimmage. Make those guys know they're man. This team they're running the ball, and they're really, really good at running the ball. And because they're really good good running the ball. We're going to have to suck up and actually play some tough defense here. And then it goes right over your head.
0: It's not complicated. It isn't. All right. Who has more to gain from this game? Obviously, both teams need the win. They're both. We just did our, our playoff predictions. Wolf, we each had three teams from the NFC West and three teams from the AFC West making the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> neither team can really afford uh, many losses to start the year. But I do think the Cardinals with where, where they are perceptually around the league, if you beat the Chiefs all of a sudden, okay. And I don't even really care this year. I did last year. I don't care as much this year how the Cardinals are perceived around the league because when they were being, I thought, disrespected the first two months of the season last year, they just kept winning. Yeah. And then when everybody shifted their focus to them, starting right. with that Thursday night game against the Packers, then they just started losing. So I don't care so much about that, but I just care about what it does. It does for the fan base here. If you've got question marks at inside linebacker and question marks at corner, and you go beat the Chiefs in Week One, that's you don't you're not going to beat the Chiefs by accident. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, honestly, yeah, I just the one thing you said right there to me. Going seven and zero is, yeah, I, I get it. But they didn't start losing after that. Everyone knew they were going to lose a couple of games. They went three and two. They're, they were ten and two at one point of the season. I I mean, that is going to happen.
0: But that's when the focus shifted to the Cardinals was the Thursday night game. That's when they finally started to get some national like, okay, here we go. This is a team.
2: Yeah. um, Anyways, listen, um, nobody believes the Arizona Cardinals are going to be good this year. (laughs) And when I say that, there are a few analysts that are out there, a few analysts in the football universe that are looking at the Cardinals and actually picking them to make the playoffs. The vast majority of analysts that are out
0: there are not picking the Arizona Cardinals to make the playoffs. I'm trying to find the, uh, I think the Vegas odds have the Cardinals basically as the seventh team. But it, it, the reason why, no, they don't. They have them as the eighth team now. They've dropped them below Minnesota just to make the playoffs. Nothing else. Not It's not a random thing. It's just to make the playoffs. But analysts are more skeptical than even Vegas. Well, and, and I think even even Vegas for the longest time had him as the seventh team, but it, it wasn't so much a, hey, we think the Cardinals are great, because when you start to look at like how they view each game or like where they're ranked overall, like Super Bowl odds or whatever, they don't have them no. high there. It's more just what we talked about. The NFC is kind of like top-heavy and then a bunch of teams at the bottom. And the Cardinals are one of like you know three teams that are kind of in the middle, and I would say of those three teams, they have – top level upside
2: yeah yeah. i I just think nobody's giving the arizona cardinals um any credit whatsoever for what they did last year based on how it ended last year and that's fine i got no problem with that i I really don't i like it as a matter of fact guys inside the locker room how, how does that make you feel is that okay do you want to go prove something good go prove it prove it to yourself because you should be asking yourself how did i do In the last six weeks of the season. How did I play? Because there weren't a lot of guys that were playing very, very well inside that locker room. Nobody believes the Cardinals are going to be good this year for the most part. And everyone knows how good the Chiefs are going to be. I mean, that's what people say. If you listen to them, everyone's picking the Kansas City Chiefs to make the playoffs. Either as a division winner or a wild card. Even in the AFC West.
0: Almost every analyst out there picks the Chiefs. Well, Why not? Why wouldn't you? I, well, I mean, look, they... I it's it's amazing to me they've only won one Super Bowl in this run with Pat Mahomes. It really is like it just feels like it feels like they should have two and maybe even a third. But you know, you get bumped by Cincinnati last year. That was probably a year they could have won. They ran into Tom Brady the year before. That was a year they could have yep. won. Uh, I still think they kind of got ripped off before they actually won the Super Bowl the year before that against the Patriots on a couple weird calls. But they have one Super Bowl, not the two or three or four. Maybe they could have.
2: So when we talk about who has the most to gain by winning this game. If the
0: Kansas City Chiefs were to lose this game based
2: on needs, nobody nobody's going to think they, they're they going to stink this year. Nobody's going to think that. If the Arizona Cardinals lose this game, people are going to say that's exactly what should have happened. They were playing at home. We all know how bad they play at home, and they were playing a better team in the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Cardinals really have the most to gain if, in fact, they could win this game.
0: Well, and a loss starts you down this path, too, where, okay, then you've got you've got the, the Raiders in week two, and you're going to have to face Chandler Jones and Max Crosby and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. And then in week three, you've got the Rams back here. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, mean, You got to get at least one of these first three. And the then reality then is run. starting to crumble around us, yeah. isn't it, right now? All right. The reality of those three teams. Funny you should bring up reality, Wolf, because when we come back, we're going to talk a little fantasy football. Oh, we're going to no. try something new. It's going to be a new oh, segment. I'm going to no. throw some picks at you for the week, and uh, you're either going to shoot them down or lift them up oh, with your your perspective, having played the game. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
2: Fantasy is
0: reality in the world today.
1: It. Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10 year NFL fullback, four time Pro Bowler Ron Wolfley. <laughs> all
0: right wolf we're gonna do this every week of the season so we got to do it going into week one it's thursday we're gonna try and do it on thursdays heading into the thursday night football game
2: okay i'm very very nervous you, right now you look nervous seriously i'm
0: just a little <laughs> uptight i'm
2: not making you make any picks. fantasy football um
0: okay Here, do you want the good news or the bad news um bad news first well the bad news is we're doing a fantasy football segment <laughs> for you that's the What's, good news yeah we were gonna do a show league which would have been fun and everybody would have enjoyed it But we're not making you do that. Okay, that's that is good news right right there.
2: Okay, Okay. good. I'm ready for this. I kind of I'm digging the chili of this music. Okay,
0: I'm gonna throw. Here's how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna go position by position. I'm just gonna throw some guys that are decent players that have good matchups this week. Okay, Okay. and I just want you to give me your thoughts on their offense. So I'm not gonna sit here and be like, hey, you know, you really should try Jonathan Taylor against the Houston Texans this week because Jonathan Taylor is the first pick in every draft that's going on out there. So I'm going to start a quarterback. All right, there we go. I'm going to try and go a little bit deeper. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, who seems to be everybody's favorite. Jalen Hurts facing the Detroit Lions this season. What do you think of Detroit this season? (laughs) I'm just going to basically pick your brain and then then use it for my own game. Listen, I think the Detroit Lions
2: are going to be improved this year, but I don't think their improvement is going to be significant. Let's put it that way. They'll be better, but they're not going to be all a lot better. Um, Jalen Hurts, my expectation for Jalen Hurts, it is not good. Doesn't seem like it. After I, we I'm did those sorry. Picks. You're you're high on Jalen Hurts? I'm, I'm
0: not high on Jalen Hurts. Let's be clear. This is not like Jalen Hurts isn't my, hey, this is the quarterback to play this week. In fact, honestly, the answer is probably Patrick Mahomes, but anybody that has Patrick Mahomes is starting him. I'm, I'm just trying to do more of the like, if you have Jalen Hurts and you kind of waited on quarterbacks, you have Hurts and like one other guy and you're trying to figure out who to start. Jalen Hurts is playing a Against Detroit, so I feel like yeah. that's a step up. Although Detroit you know does have
2: Aiden Hutchinson, I'm just saying. Once again, I think they're going to be much better. But Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles—they they struggle to throw the ball. They did. They—they they really do. I mean, how do you how do you get points for a
0: quarterback? You get more. You get more if you run. So that's if part you run. for a quarterback. Yeah.
2: Oh, my. Are you serious? Well, no, I mean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You get more for a quarterback you, you get, if you run. No wonder why it's called fantasy football.
0: Running for 20 yards is better than passing for 20 yards in fantasy football.
2: Oh, yes. my goodness. Rushing touchdowns stop. are worth more than passing. Yes.
0: Oh, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make fatally It doesn't make Jalen Hurts worth more than oh, like Tom Brady. My
2: goodness. It's just a little bonus. No wonder why people are on top. That's disgusting. See, this is a, a revelation. Okay, look, look, here's the, here's my problem with fantasy football. It should mirror reality. It should. No wonder why it's
0: called fantasy. This is well you this is you're the reality check here. I'm bringing the fantasy oh, okay. projections. And you can be the reality guy. Uh, Let's go over to running back, okay? Good matchup this week. Eli Mitchell against
2: Chicago. Okay, wait a minute. Do running backs get more (laughs) points if they throw it? They should, actually. I I mean, honestly, do they get more points if they're the
0: ones who throw it? No, they get as many points. It's not that quarterbacks get more for running it. It's just that rushing yards are worth more than passing yards.
2: Because we all know a quarterback running the ball is so critical to winning a a game. why
0: everybody takes Lamar Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Okay. What do you think of the 49ers' offense this year? No Mike McDonald, and now um, no... Okay. No Jimmy Garoppolo, so you have Trey Lance. So the the thing with the fantasy football, Wolf, you typically want a 49ers running back, but they just go through like four or five a season. So does that change with Trey Lance as the quarterback?
2: Yeah. Um. Listen, it is going to change the San Francisco 49ers offense. There's no doubt. Uh, they were an excellent rushing team last year they're going to be an excellent rushing team this year but i think it's going to be a different version of how they're going to do that with trey lance trey lance is going to run the ball more now how long that lasts i have no idea um jimmy g at some point in time is going to play I don't know when that time I is. Jimmy G's going to play, but I think Jimmy G at some point in time is going to take the reins over from Trey Lance. It's why they signed him.
0: Oh. That's going to be really awkward if that happens. I know, because then how do you go back to? Well, Trey you Lance? can't.
2: But everyone in that locker room is going to be looking and saying that guy's better than that guy. Why are you playing that guy?
0: That's that's what you have suggested well before they ever even brought Jimmy G back into the fold. Yeah.
3: I was going to say I was going to throw in one. I'd start Marquise Brown. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Because I think the over-under is set for like 54 or 53 and a half points. Yeah. And if everybody thinks it's going to be an offensive shootout, and you'd think the first game that Kyler and Hollywood are going to be out on the field together, Hollywood well, the big game.
0: This is why we'll you got we'll- Hollywood, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, no doubt about it. That's an excellent offering right there, especially when you think of the Kansas City Chiefs and their secondary. I mean, this this is a defense that was number 27 in passing yards per game allowed last year, number 26 in passing yards per play allowed. Yeah, you put those two things together right there once again. What does that say? It says they're not good at stopping the pass. The only problem I have is with Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's going to be getting so much attention, I think, from the Kansas City Chiefs. So much attention. It's going to be very difficult, especially after what he did last year. Maloney, you were talking about that very thing in show prep.
3: Then start Rondell Moore or A.J. Green.
2: You know what? I mean, that's That's... somebody you might want to look at. Rondell Moore in particular.
0: And that's this game, this Cardinals game this weekend, is specifically potentially huge for fantasy football because yeah, you just rattled off three receivers. If Zach Ertz plays, he's one. Obviously, Kyler Murray is somebody. This is one of those games where you just start everybody that you have in the game because it's the same for the Chiefs, right? Like, yes. who, are, who are the Chiefs? Who predominantly do you think they want to throw the football to? Setting aside Travis Kelsey, is it Juju Smith Schuster? Is it Marquez? Oh no, or the Scantling? Yes. Is it? You think that's who it is? Or,
2: or McCole Hardman? Okay, and they want to throw the ball down the field. That's exactly what terrified defensive coordinators and DBs that played against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Tyreek Hill great. running by them. They want to throw the ball down the field because once that happens and they put that on tape, especially if they can do it a couple of times, a few times on tape early in a season, back up. Back up defense. Defense.
0: Back up. This is great because you are inadvertently giving people really good fantasy advice. Because a guy like McCole Hardman, you could probably still pick up in your league and put in your lineup this week. Are you serious? Yeah, because McColl I mean, Hardman. Well, I mean, think about it. You're already Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantling. Those guys are all going to be drafted before him in a draft. And guess oh. I've really done it before.
3: Guess who's already on the injury report? Who? Christian McCaffrey.
0: you've
3: played. They so pick played. up the backup.
2: Yeah, this is wow. Christian McCaffrey is already dinged up. How do I ever? Okay, wait a minute, though.
3: Do you have McCaffrey? Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: but they're not saying he's out for the game. No, is he listed as questionable? What is hamstring
2: again? (laughs) Christian McCaffrey. Oh my goodness, buddy, come here. I got some blue juice for you. I'd like to shoot it up. You okay with that? That
0: guy cannot stay on the field. Uh, Tight end, I'm going to throw this name at you, Wolf. And obviously everybody that plays fantasy football knows this name, but I don't think they realize just how good Mark Andrews is, okay? Now he's playing the Jets this weekend. Mark Andrews, and I was surprised by this. I wish I had realized it before I did my draft. More targets, catches, and yards than Travis Kelsey last season. He had one less catch than Justin Jefferson. And he was sixth among all NFL players in receiving yards. And that's a tight end. Who else is Baltimore? Who else can you rely on Baltimore throwing the ball to? Um
2: mostly nobody, but do you do you want to know why he's so good? The Baltimore Ravens hammer the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry, Luke.
0: Well, that's what that, that's Baltimore. The same,
2: this is he's a tight end. He's really, really good. It's from here. Runs so many good and precise routes, but once again, it's because the Baltimore Ravens number. What? Where are they? Number three in yards per game. Number five in yards per play. Basinonians. When when you put those two things together, and you're in the top five, it says elite. You are elite at running the ball. <laughs> Why do you think Mark Andrews gets open so much and gets the ball and gets targeted so much? It's because they know how to run the ball.
0: Man, it drives me nuts. I'm a little concerned you had more stats for the fantasy football segment than I did, but... um that's the kind of player, if you have to draft a tight end, which you do, that's the exact offense you want a tight end in, right? Totally. Yeah, there you go. Yes. That's, that's exactly probably what probably should be the first tight end yes. off the board. And this is from a guy that just took Travis Kelsey twice yesterday. Uh, also, yeah, Desert Mountain High School, that's where Mark Andrews went.
3: And I got to add this, Christian McCaffrey, he did still participate in practice today after I just checked. He had a cut from a cleat. So that's why he was added to the injury report. But let's just say... Just He's have, gonna find his way on it at some point
0: just this have season. Cuba Hubbard on your bench, just in case.
2: Uh, if you, if you don't have pus coming out of your cut, you better be practicing, okay? Or show me the pus.
0: I don't even really want to throw it to break. I feel like we should just go to break on the line, show me the pus. All right, that was the fantasy reality check. Uh, When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, how the Cardinals' defense is preparing for the Chiefs. And how about hearing from Vance Joseph on Isaiah Simmons getting that green dot? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zayvon Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires
2: and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has
1: to keep doing that. Let's go! Let's go! Wolf and Luke. Talk Cardinals. Now. <laughs> It's funny, Wolf, the one guy that
0: we We've talked a lot about him this offseason. We haven't talked a lot about him today, though, in the context of this Chiefs-Cardinals game is Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. And he may very well end up being the Cardinals' secret weapon because he's definitely secret. We haven't seen him all in the preseason. Uh, as much as we expect him to move around the field, the Chiefs haven't really seen that yet. He's also probably the guy that's going to get Travis Kelsey more than anybody else.
2: You know what's so fascinating about Isaiah Simmons? If there was one guy based on his I could pick on this entire team that would play up to his ability level, it would be Isaiah Simmons. Like if you had the choice? Like or, if I had yeah. the choice, knowing how much they're going to move he him four around. four players. Knowing the fact he's going to have the green dot yeah. on his helmet. if If you told me. That Isaiah Simmons was going to play up to his talent level and he is dripping with talent despite the fact that they were going to move him all over the place and he was going to make plays that would change games. Man, that guy could be the biggest difference maker
0: on this team. It's funny you say that because we had to do the, uh, it was like a Cardinals roundtable. For the website going into this this weekend's game, right? And yeah. And one of the questions was like, what what is uh success for the Cardinals? And I think that one might actually be out today, but the one for tomorrow was um make a bold prediction. Make the boldest prediction you can for the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. My boldest prediction I could come up with, and I don't think it's ridiculous. I you know, it's it's supposed to be bold, is that Isaiah Simmons gets defensive player of the year votes. Because if wow. he does what you just said, if he yes. plays to his potential, he basically is four players. Not only is a win defensive player of the year, but if he's relaying these plays in and he's able to be a safety and a corner and an edge rusher and an inside linebacker and he can do all these things, he's going to impact so many games that people are going to have to take notice.
2: If that happens, Luke, what you're saying and describing right now, um, you're going to see everybody try to draft the next Isaiah Simmons. Good luck. Okay. Because that's exactly what happened with Lawrence Taylor. Mm -hmm. Lawrence Taylor came in. He changed the game in 1983. He came into the NFL, and he changed the game. And suddenly, everyone is looking for the next Lawrence Taylor, and they still are for the (laughs) most part. Right? But Isaiah Simmons and the star
0: backer could change that. Interesting. Uh, we've heard Isaiah Simmons talk about getting the green dot. We haven't talked or heard from Vance Joseph yet. Until today, the decision to give Isaiah Simmons on top of everything else, he's doing the responsibility that comes with the
1: green dot. He's a linebacker. That's his job. You know, he's he's a bright guy. He really is. You know, he has to get used to me giving him keys for other players. You know, we've got one green dot. You know, so he has to spread the message. You know, to the DBs to the front. You know, what's going on by D and D, why that call is being made. So having a green dot that's a big responsibility it's not just calling the play it's explaining why I called the play it's playing the game through my eyes and that's where he has to grow and that's the that's the challenge if he wants it he has to do that for me if not he can't do it you know but he wants that challenge but that's that's part of it he's the quarterback on defense so he has to explain why I'm calling the play so he has to know why I'm calling it right and that's that's huge for our guys because you know every offense have indicators by D&D by personnel who's in the game those things are key you know, you work 80 hours a week to give your guys an advantage, you know, so he has to spread that word game day, you know, and that's a tough, tough job, but he's getting used to doing it. That. Wow. That's, that is
0: the last thing he said right there. <laughs> I'm working 80 hours a week to give my guys an advantage. Yeah. And Isaiah Simmons has to tell them how to do
2: it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that right there. It really is. Um, many times you got to say, well, this is what you do on this play. And guess what? Isaiah Simmons is going to be moved all over the place. So he knows a lot of different positions. (laughs) So he's going to know exactly what you ought to be doing on this coverage. Yeah. Man, that is bright. That really is. If, in fact, he's able to handle all that, that is just going to speak to the incredible
0: intelligence Isaiah has. Well, and, and you know, the flip side is <laughs> if you give somebody else the green dot, their first order of business on every play is, wait, where is Isaiah? Like, is he behind me? Is he in front of me? Is he to my right? Like, where is he? I cannot tell you how many times you, you,
2: players will come up to him. What do I do on this? What do I do? Okay. Oh, you do this, this, and that. And boom. It's great to have a coach on the field. And I think that's what Vance is talking about right there. The fact that he does have a guy that is an answer man on the field
0: for other guys. I, I, wish, I wish we could have been there when they had the conversation and decided that he's the guy getting the green dot. Because I want to know if it was, just, if it was brought up and it was like, oh yeah, obviously Isaiah's getting the green dot. Because we really didn't hear about this last year, Wolf. Or if somebody said it and the room just went silent and, and they were like, that's a pretty good idea, actually. We'll just give it to Isaiah. <laughs> that's, right. that's pretty smart. Uh, here's more from uh, Vance Joseph on Isaiah Simmons.
1: Absolutely, you know, guys respect him. You know, he he is he is a very smart guy. You know, he, he's a clear speaker, so um, he understands the plan. So, um, you know, him him being having a green dot is perfect for us. You know, it it allows other guys to play you know play fast and be comfortable. And obviously, he's he's uh, he's a guy who's going to be on the field all the time. So it's it's perfect for him to have the green dot.
2: Oh boy, there it is, right there. It allows other guys to play fast and feel comfortable. Why? Why is that? Why? Because he's telling them what the play is. No, because sometimes he can tell them what to do. (laughs) You see how that works? Um, You know, it's it's. I I don't want to make it sound like there's three guys on every play that walk up to Isaiah and go, "What do I do?" (laughs) That's not, not. That's not the case. That is not it. It is the exception that you would actually have somebody walk up and say what do I do it would be the exception for one guy it's to a do young it defense but it too. does happen it happens in a game if it, even if it's one play that Isaiah can actually say something to a guy about what he does on this play even if it's one a game now all of a sudden what if that one play turns the game because that guy knew what to do it's it's so important, man. It really is. It's what a quarterback does all the time, offensively.
0: Yeah, and, and as good as Isaiah Simmons is, and as much as I think he can handle this, you know, there's going to be growing pains, right? It's the first time having the green dot. It's just it's it's almost ridiculous that their first game is against the Chiefs. If you make any mistake, yeah. the Chiefs are going to exploit it. And they don't exploit it in such a way of like, well, you made a mistake against Jacksonville and they got eight yards. Do you feel bad about that? And so you made a mistake against the Chiefs and it was a 75-yard touchdown. And Mahomes is already looking at the plays for how he's going to do it the next time down the field. No doubt, man. Uh-huh. It's either the quarterback you go to or the fullback. <laughs> <laughs> How many fullback references have you made in today's show? Uh, text us your thoughts. To the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. When we come back, we will uh, wrap up the show with more sound from Cardinals practice today. Wolf, I think you have a story about the dog oh, pounds. Yeah. You're running out of time. You're going to have to tell story the story. is next? It's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Arizona Sports, breaking news. what right, got it.
3: So, um, according to NFL insider Aaron Wilson, Cardinals wide receiver Rondale Moore injured his hamstring today during practice and is going to have further examination, including an MRI, to determine the severity of the injury.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, no. All right. So, Seriously. You know, we had somebody tweet in once and say that the breaking news sounder gives them anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting there too. Oh, my goodness. It's never breaking news. You cannot. The Cardinals win. <sighs> well, okay, so. That's just bumming me uh, out just, big time. I just want to see Rondale more play. You know what I mean?
2: I, just, just to hear that right now, if he tweaked it at all on a Thursday. I don't know anyone who tweaks a ham, whether it's a, a, a first degree, second degree. Thir- I don't know anyone who tweaks a ham and plays on Sunday. I, I,
0: I've never seen it before. Especially a speed guy, too. It's oh not like my Rondale goodness. Moore can, can change his game. Oh, my goodness. All right, so the passing game now is Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green. We don't even know if Zach Ertz is playing. So Andy Isabella, and get ready. Andy Isabella.
2: Guess what? Andy's going to get so... <laughs> the magnitude oh my of the moment
0: is just sinking in on me right now as we head into week I, one. Andy, you're, you can do this, man. Andy Isabella is the key to beating wow. the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Oh, my goodness. The intrigue.
0: I want Rondell Moore Hang back. on to your butts. I want Rondell Moore back right now. He's got a second hamstring, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, well, listen... What, do you have anything you want to do right now? Because i got to get this off. Of Not my chance, anymore. No. I mean, Rondell I, Moore, okay. That news. Oh, my goodness. More on this. But first of all, <sighs> what do you say you bring me a beat as I broadcast my Dr. Grace, My beats. The year was 1985. Actually, it was September 8th, 1985. I was playing for the then St. Louis Cardinals, the football Cardinals, as a matter of fact. We were in week one of the NFL season, of course, and our first game was against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. I'm talking about the real dog pound. Yeah, the real original dog pound. The score was 24-24. We were backed up, and the two-minute warning came down. The two-minute warning, and we were backed up inside our own five-yard line. It was the end zone that was the dog pound, of course. Suddenly, Jim Hannafin looked around and said, Where's Ronnie Wolfley? We're going to pound it out of there. Ronnie, get in there. I went running in there. They called out the personnel group. I went running in there. I had not been in the game from scrimmage. The whole game. And now, all of a sudden, these are my first reps from scrimmage. My tongue was bouncing between my legs as I was running out onto the field. I could not wait to get some grease. I went running out there. I got into the huddle as a two minute warning was going on, right? The two minute timeout. And suddenly, this dog bone came down. And another dog bone. Down. Somebody was chucking dog biscuits at us from the dog pound, and all of a sudden, I'm looking at the veterans in the huddle, and all of them are looking around like they're not even noticing it. And I'm like, "What is going on, guys? There's there's dog biscuits that people are throwing, them. and all of a sudden, this big Saint Bernard six inch dog biscuit." Comes down into the ground and sticks into the ground because there had been a torrential downpour in the game, and the the field was so soft it stuck into the ground. This six-inch Saint Bernard dog biscuit. And all of a sudden I said, you know what, I'm not taking this. Oh I grabbed that dog biscuit and I turned around and I chucked that thing as hard as I could into the dog pump, As hard as I could. And as I was letting it go, every veteran in the huddle said, don't, <laughs> don't. you know what happened for the next 30 to 40 seconds. We were... Inundated with a wave of dog <laughs> biscuits from the dog pound that came showering down on us. It was it was bursting off guys face masks and in their helmets and they, I'll never forget how brutal that was. They had to make an announcement over the PA God, to stop so throwing helps. dog biscuits. So that really slowed it down. it, it did. Can I tell you, it was the worst thing that could possibly happen. We ended up l- winning that game 27-24 to 24 in overtime after a deluge had taken up. I remember guys were picking dog biscuits out of their ears in the shower after the game. True story. The veterans voted me dead. I was a rookie in 1985. They voted me dead. It was thumbs down, which meant they would not talk to you. Even if you went up to them and said, What do I do on this plate? They would not talk to you. Even on From the that, field? They did it for a week. They would not talk to me. The year was 1985. I was playing for the then St. Louis Cardinals. Here we go. Here we go, overtime.
1: ball is taken by one of the upbacks, Wolfley. He's across the 30 to the 35 to the 37, giving St. Louis good operating
2: position. Wait a minute. Did he say uh, he, he's across the 30 and the 35 to the 37? Yeah. Did he say that? He did. I had a seven-yard run in that game?
3: Yeah. Yeah, baby. It's actually 24
2: yards. Wait a minute. Okay. Here we go. did you go overtime.
1: is taken by one of the upbacks, Wolfley. He's across the 30 to the 35 to the 37, giving St. Louis good operating position.
2: I'm sorry. I, yeah, I didn't listen to the first time you actually played it in the show right there uh, because he doesn't say anything about a kickoff return. You would have he made it sound like I it was a handoff.
0: All the people that drafted you in fantasy football, you got him a point right there. Of Twenty, almost twenty-five return yards. Look at that. Seriously, you probably swung a bunch of games back in yeah. But it was twenty-four. Well, so you got whatever point nine six of a point.
3: How about that? 24. A 24 yard kick return oh on your gosh. first game as number 24 in the NFL.
2: Yeah, how that, about that? That is weird that right is, there. Did you not know that? It, until and just right it, now? By the way, it was the first kickoff return I ever had. Ever. <laughs> the first took, kickoff return ever was Clyde, in the NFL? They took Clyde Duncan out of the game. Clyde Duncan was a number one pick, a wide receiver out of Tennessee. They took him out of the game because he wouldn't return it the way they wanted him to. And Jim Hannafin looked at me and said, Wolfley, get back. I said, Jim, I've never done this before. What are you talking? They put me right in the middle of the field as the deep man. And can I tell you? The Cleveland Browns made sure I got it. <laughs> they kicked it right to me. They didn't try to nice do it in the corner. They kicked it right down the middle of the field. That's it to like, me. Let's
0: get it to Wolf. To
2: make sure that I got the ball. That guy's got dog biscuits all over I his helmet. And I stoked it for
0: 24. Look at that. How's that feel, Cleveland? Felt really good. All right. Uh, more on Rondale Moore, obviously, with Burns and Gambo. And then, of course, tomorrow here as well. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo Coming up next right here, of course, on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.